Boise State, they've always been no, known for having explosive offenses. They're experiencing a little bit of struggles, at least in terms of record this year. What do you see maybe schematically from Boise State now with Andy Avalos running the operation for the Broncos? Yeah, it's, it's a new offensive coordinator. And so, you know, it always takes a little bit of time to, to get into sync. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure they've, they're working on their deal. And, but, uh, I mean, they do show that they've, they've got capability. I mean, they got, they got a really good quarterback and a lot of really good receivers and, and uh, running backs, and, and they've got the capability. Uh, it's, it is a little bit different from the, from the boys that we faced for the last five years as far as scheme, but um, they, they certainly have shown that they, they have the ability with just their personnel to, to uh, push, push the ball downfield. Anything specific that uh, is, is, a, is a big difference between the previous five years to now that, you can, that you've seen on your study of them? It, it's just a different scheme. Um, that that's probably the best. I mean, it's the the previous the previous guy that uh, we faced was a uh, we would probably describe uh, uh, more as a pro style. Um, you know, where, where this is is a little bit more RPO oriented. Um, you know, a, a little closer to, to some of the schemes that are a little bit more RPO oriented. And and uh, you know, there's obviously there's there's when you when you play offense, there's a little bit of of, of uh, some of the stuff that you do that's the same, you know, um, but uh, it is it is different in that way where we don't see as many of the pro style things as we did uh, in the past. Okay, Norma, do you have a question? Sure do. Uh, so can you, you guys have had success so far this season in stopping the run, but Boise so far through its first five games seems like it likes to pass more often. So how are you are you going to work on just trying to prevent those long passes and just, you know, shut down their air game. Yeah, that, uh, you know, we, as we, as we prepare for our opponent, uh, whoever it is week by week, it's, uh, you know, the study is to try to figure out who they really are, what they, uh, you know, what they do well, um, trying to make them play left-handed, you know, as much as we can. And, um, you know, there's, there's risk reward and everything that you do on defense as well as on offense. And so, it's figuring out where we feel we're best um, as, the, you know, as far as taking away what they do and, uh, you know, just, just having a game plan for that kind of thing. And so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we're still, you know, just in the phases of kind of finalizing our, our plan. We, you know, yesterday and today, and we'll watch today's practice and figure out where we're at as far as what we're going to strip and, and focus on to, to make sure that our boys are playing fast and sound. But, uh, you know, as far as just what, what they do, um, and I think that they're capable of really, really doing both. And a lot of it just, you can tell, just kind of depends on their personnel and how they feel about, you know, whether O-line's blocking, uh, run blocking or pass blocking. And But they certainly have the, the players on the perimeter and a quarterback that can do, do a good job delivering the ball. I mean, this last game, he had a career high. And, and uh, you know, they, they've shown that they have the ability to move the ball in the air. Um, and so we've got to find ways to stop that. Yeah, and last week against Utah State, we saw them just converting, it seemed like, third downs one after another. What are you guys doing differently this week to try to prevent that from happening again? Is that mine? Um, yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> you know, that the going back, yeah, she's a question about the third downs. There, there, were, there were a lot of third and longs that we felt like 
um, we had the opportunity to get out of and, and uh, you know, whether it was just uh, one through the other, they, they, they converted. And so we, between all the different types of schemes that we had, we did, you know, between drop eights and rush four and rush five or plus, um, uh, we just, you just got to give credit to Utah State for executing. And, and we feel like, uh, you know, a correct step here or, or just, uh, you know, something done differently here is, is going to give us that. So it's, um, you know, I think that the thing is we don't want to, don't want to start going outside of ourselves to say okay our problem is third downs it's we look at it there's always just something that we can correct in all the third downs that we ended up giving up all the third and longs which uh you know implies on first and second you're doing a good job putting them in third and long we just got to finish the drive and get out of it and we're we're playing fewer snaps we're giving more more uh more offensive time and and uh, all those things and so it's really just tightening up the schemes tightening up the technique a lot of times it's something as simple as just technique or alignment that that ends up uh you know costing you on, on a third down and and we've got to make sure that we're just we're just assuring up all those loose ends to make sure that we're playing a little bit more sound football thanks norma we've got questions now from jay drew and then mitch harper hey uh gabe summers is kind of an interesting case walk on now a scholarship player and really making an impact what what is it about him that's uh kind of enabled him to step up and be a contributor this year and last year really yeah very very non-assuming uh looking guy when you you meet him and and watch him i mean he's he's not the biggest he's not the fastest or any of that stuff but he's just um he's worked really really hard on himself in the weight room he's he's gained tons of weight i mean when we when we took him as a walk-on i think he was like 230 pounds off his mission and and uh, just did a phenomenal job just through the years prepping himself and and getting stronger and he's one of the stronger guys in the weight room and so that's given him the the, the opportunity to to contribute and when his when his opportunity came for him to play um you know he just he does a really good job understands what we're trying to get done um you know is, is a really difficult guy to block to block in the run and in the pass and and uh you know we've been been excited about what he's brought to the table we we nicknamed him gumby you know a couple of years ago when he first came because he was just you know, like anybody my age or older just remembers the Gumby cartoon. He was a lot like that, just really flexible, really difficult to kind of get your hands on. Um, you know, was a guy that was slippery and, and uh, you know, all those, all those attributes, uh, attributes just to add to him being a really good defensive lineman for us. Thanks, E. Yeah, E, uh, you know, I, I asked this question. I, I don't want to say it's it's easier, but uh, does it help maybe at all when you and your staff are putting together a game plan for a opponent that you've seen year after year, like you have with Boise State? Because with independent schedules, you guys have a lot of novelty, and you see a lot of new new programs every year. Does it help put a game plan together when you have so much data and reference with a certain opponent like Boise? Yeah, for sure. Just uh, through the years as an independent, you know, sometimes you play a team, you don't see them for another three years. And so sometimes when the next time you, you loop back around and play them, they've got a different coordinator. And so, you know, all the time we've go, we go back and, and look at previous notes, um, you know, like uh, Arizona State's guy, right, where, where we played him before when he was at Boise and Utah State's guy, we played him when he was at UCF. So you, you start to kind of keep, keep track of all the notes and figure out who's going where, but um, it, it, it's a little bit harder when you only play somebody once because you're not, not really seeing little changes and nuances just through the year and through the years. Um, but, uh, 
you know, in, in all the years that we've played Boise, it's, you know, felt like it's, uh, it's been really a lot of the same personality. Um, it's, it, there's been a lot of, you know, chess match as far as just the schemes of what we felt like worked or what they felt like worked and coming back in the second half and making our corrections, all that stuff. And, and uh, in a way it felt a lot like a conference game for us because we were playing them every year. But, you know, now that, now that we are going to conference, we're going to start to face that a little more where we, where we get, uh, uh, you know, face first face certain teams and face certain coordinators and schemes, um, you know, year to year. But it, uh, it, it's it's difficult when you're playing only one team, you know, just one shot. It's you don't really have much that you're going off of, uh, and uh, you don't you don't refer back to your notes, um, you know, your journals as often when you're doing that, just because it's it's a, it's a different opponent, different uh, scheme every week, and going to different parts of the of the world too, or different parts of the U.S. where you go all the way out east and go to the Midwest, and you're doing all those. It's you start to see. Um, you know, certain teams and certain regions play a certain type of ball as far as just the, the schemes that are evolving around in that region. And, and uh, you, could, you go to other places and it's a little bit different. So, um, yeah, hope that, hope that answers your question. Yeah, that was great. And, and I also wanted to ask you on one of the players along your defensive line that I think a lot of people maybe coming into the year weren't talking much about. I know you were bringing him up a lot to us, Blake Mangelson out of Juab. Uh, PWO. What what was the the story on him? I remember he he was part of the 2020 class as a PWO. Like what what has caused this uh, situation for him to get so much playing time in his first full season with the program? He's he's done a really good job. You know, obviously we identified him as somebody that um, you know is as could, could uh, when you're looking for a PWO, it's always somebody that's that's a potential. Uh, scholarship guy that 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 may not be getting as much pub that could uh, could come into the program and make a difference and he fit the standard as, as of what we were looking for um, fit the program as far as his fit in in it and so when we when we ended up taking him uh, out of high school we put him on the gray shirt uh, route where we could uh, just continue to lift him and get him stronger and bigger and and then he joined us in January and and uh, so coming into this year you know he has he has a little bit more under his belt than a usual guy because he, he's been with us since spring. Um, and he's just, he's just really developed. He's, he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's a big, strong guy that was a wrestler as well. And so he brings a lot to the table as far as just the, some of the, some of the skill set that you're looking for in a defensive lineman. And he's, he's going to be a, he's going to be a really, really good player. He has, he has the ability to play inside and outside for us. And so he's, He's played D tackle, um, plays D end right now, but I can move him around in different spots. And he's, you know, six six guy that is just uh, is just going to be a phenomenal player for us in in, uh, in the future and the years to come. Thanks, E. Looks like we got time for one more. Um, Jared, go ahead. Coach, I, we talked to Kalani yesterday a little bit about uh, the. Uh, rotation and how that's helped the depth and, and made a big difference as far as having guys be ready when they they have their opportunities to step up. What's it like seeing the defense get, you know, kind of gel and, and maybe get some of the dividends from that investment over the, the last few years? It's, it's, it's been good. You know, it just shows the camaraderie of the boys in the locker room. And, um, you know, we're, we're starting to start to rotate. We normally rotate through the D line, right? And you've seen that in the past years, but, you're starting to see more backers play, more corners play, and 
and uh, you know we're we're getting the depth that we need in order to keep ourselves healthy. I mean, when you go into a season and you're playing the first four or five games and you're getting dinged up and you know, you see a lot of teams just in the conference play start to kind of go downhill just because they're missing a lot of key guys. And uh, for us to have that depth uh, to trust putting in putting in guys that are, you know, not necessarily down the line, but just maybe maybe backups, but uh, play a starting role. Um, you know, those guys bring a lot to the table. One of the guys yesterday said that they're competitors. They want to be on the field, but they've bought into that concept of, hey, it's better to have someone 100% than if I'm down to 70. How hard is it to get bu guys buying into that? I think that once once the kids see, uh, you know, just the, the formula work as far as just using their backups and, and uh, you know, not – you know, there, there's a lot of sacrifice that has to happen in order for you to keep yourself unblemished up to this part of the season. And, and guys have got to rely on their backups and, and uh, backups have to be trustworthy. You, can, you don't, you don't just put them in if they're not ready. They backups need to show that they know their stuff, that they know what they're doing, that they're capable. And, and uh, that trust starts, starts to uh, build between the, the starter and the backup and, and uh, they continue to keep pushing each other.